I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Hello and welcome to episode 3.5 of Fire Up Special Crackdown series coming to you on the Diamond Tina Podcast Network from Batuta Studio 3D. This week we've been bounced down the corridor again. I'm Dennis Carnahan here with Chris Gale. You might be cracked down, but I'm slapped up, Dennis. I'm happy, I'm fired up, and I'm ready to go. I'm also Redfern Pat on the controls. Well, I'm fired up about the crackdown. What a crackdown weekend it was. 20 players faced the judiciary, 8 suspensions, 12 fines, 2 of them have challenged, the rest have accepted their bitter medicine. If that doesn't get you fired up, nothing will. But I'll tell you what's got me most fired up about this crackdown. The fact that despite 12 binnings and 20 charges, it's a farce! It could be written by Ashley and Chris. That's Gilbert O'Sullivan, of course. And if you want proof, Exhibit A, Rugby League's most innocent angel. The best bloke in rugby league. The wonderful, the handsome heartthrob, the kuma crooner, Sammy Williams, was put on report for a headshot on Jimmy Tedesco. It's absurd. It never happened. And Exhibit B, Jared Waria Hargraves remained on the field for 80 minutes on Saturday night. Didn't go to the bench. That's no surprise. He didn't go to the bin. How can that player in a crackdown week three hasn't gone to the bin? All he does is dog shots, high shots, head attacks, jumper balls. He even managed to pull the jumper of Ryan James so hard that he fell on top of his head and he got fined for it. How he remains on the field for 80 minutes. It's an absolute farce, but the plot thickens. This has more twists and turns than a, and surrealist subplots than a David Lynch film. First, there was a whisper. Then the whisper turned into unconformed, unnamed players talking. Now the talking has become a full-blown roar of revolution. No, not the threatened cavolution that's failed to materialise at the Broncos, but a player revolt. And who is the Fletcher Christian saying that Volandis is a bly on the game? I'll just let... Let that one sink in, fly on the game. <clears throat> Will there be another great divide between Pete's progressives and the happy head knockers? Forces are starting to coalesce. Armies are being formed. Sides are being taken. People are slowly nailing their colours to the mast. But what are the colours? Last week we identified there were Volandites. But who are the anti-Volandites, the Anglo-Burgundians, the secessionist confederates, the anti-suffragists? Danny Wildler. Weidler wrote a long article about it, but wouldn't name names. Friend of the show and constitutional lawyer Paul Kent said that senior players were contacting him to check up on their constitutional rights to revolt against the ARLC chairman. And as a result of all this chaotic talk of revolution in these unprecedented times with plagues of mice ravaging the land and the pestilence of COVID abroad, one of rugby league's greatest showcase events, indeed one of the biggest events on the Australian sporting calendar has had to be moved. Chris Gale, I can't take it any longer. What is the big event that's had to be moved? This is such a sad day, Dennis, and I announce this with huge regret and huge remorse that such an event could be changed from where it was going to be held in the entire rugby league, nay, the Australian community, the sporting community. We're going to be focused on this, and I refer, of course, to the cancellation of the first anniversary resumption day parade that had been scheduled for May 28. Just last Thursday. Yes, to celebrate the work of We Beat COVID, Peter Volandis, the horseman, as we like to now know him, and that we were all going to come together and celebrate not only that wonderful achievement, but the 
the achievements of the crackdown. You know, the fact that no one was going to be hit in the head anymore. And unfortunately, the way that the events have been occurring and the charges that you've just specified and the penalties and the litany of dispute, they've cancelled the parade. Also in breaking news, Origin 1 has been moved from Melbourne. Origin 1 has moved. Goodness. Yeah, sorry. I probably should have prepared you for that. Well, can you imagine, by the way, the Resumption Day parade? I mean, it would have been Mardi Gras style. They would have finished like they did this year in the Sydney Cricket Ground. Would have gone down Flinders Street under Tibby Cotter. Terrific. And for the more senior citizens of the rugby league and sporting community, they'd be able to be seated in the comfort of the Sydney Cricket Ground rather than braving Flinders Street and so forth. But you would have had just the the mass dances. You would have had, I think, a bit of retro like the, the Winfield Cup cheer girls, those sorts of oh, things. With the big white cowboy boots. Uh, mascots through the ages, people dressed up as beer bottles, cigarette packets, those sorts of things as well as various Rainbows, animals. unicorns. Yes. Yeah, they would have had the Optus TV yeah. spewing <laughs> balloons all over Taylor and Square. And breaking and falling down. And don't tell me it wouldn't have been led by looking like the Queen and King of Moomba all at the same time. Peter Volandis up on a plinth in a beautiful float. Oh. Well, we, we, you know, uh, Ron uh, Muncastle, the, the the gentleman who produced magnificent gowns every year in the Mardi Gras parade for many decades, he would have got a Muncastle special, and Volandis would have been there. Well, the word I heard is before the revolution happened, and before that, that cast a huge shadow over the whole thing. They had actually booked a hovercraft, <laughs> and Billy Idol was going to come in through oh, the. My goodness. Oh, it really was. In the scenes. Talk about your cultural events. I mean, there was all sorts of hoo ha about whether you know North Queensland should have been awarded Origin. It'll yeah. Generate a little bit of coin. And, uh, you know, former sports minister, Stuart Ayres, because he's not anymore, he said, we, we, we can't waste the taxpayers' money. We oh. were all set to go on something that would have generated a bonanza for this state. They should have privatised The it. resumption day parade. Can you believe it's been 12 months since Volandi saved over rugby? Over 12 months. Beat since- COVID and saved rugby league? It's, and so much has happened. And yet, so quickly, they turn against you. Just on the origin thing, though, that... So Melbourne was supposed to be the the uh, neutral venue. Yes, and the Courier Mail on Sunday morning had a big front page saying because there was talk of it going to Canberra. Mm, well, you know, <laughs> being a neutral venue. Yes, there's enough troubles down there. We'll get to that later. Uh, there was also talk that uh, Gladys had said bring it up to Western Sydney Stadium. Um, Sorry, where? Western Sydney Stadium in Parramatta. Oh, Bankwest, the old Parramatta Stadium. Yeah. Um, but the Courier Mail ran a story saying they couldn't put it in Canberra because Canberra is surrounded by New South Wales. It should go to a neutral venue, Townsville, because <laughs> Townsville is one and a half thousand kilometres from Brisbane. It's much more neutral than Canberra. This is what the Queensland, this is how the Queenslanders see themselves. The only way I can see that is if Bob Catter has actually worked out and we've got, and Rockhampton is now the capital of Capricornia. Well, we are in the Batuta Advocate Studios 3C. And That's we, 3D. Is it 3D, is it? Yeah, sorry. All right, sorry. We did have Down. to uh, show our passports as we came in across the border because they're a bit different up here, aren't they? Very different. It's good that we're here, though. Particularly out here in the West. It's good that we're here, though, so we don't- The West of we, Queensland. You know, we're, we're some chance of actually getting a couple of tickets to Origin, which is normally not the case for you and me. Well, exactly. We may, well, there's a reasonable chance that if they do, if- um, they close the borders if Palaszczuk says, you know, shuts them down again just for the hell of it, just to keep the people, which which I wouldn't put it past her to just say, you know what, let's just seed a couple of uh, COVID cases in Sydney next week and say, you know what, New South Wales people can't come to Downsville. Yeah, it's no small matter getting there, oh. by the way. Former host of the Fire Up radio show and made this very podcast, Stephen Ferris, I was speaking to him last night. And of he's, course, he's alive? He's alive. Oh, Stephen. He's had to seek special dispensation to not be involved in the St. George Illawarra coaching box over the, well, on this Thursday's game 
uh, along with uh, the venerable Matt Elliott and Peter Gentle and Hook Griffin, you know, just the, the fresh faces of rugby league coaching. And he's described the process by what it's going to take to get him up there to spin the tunes for Origin 1. It's multiple flights. It's overnights in weird places. It's not going to be easy. It's a logistics nightmare. Is he doing it? He's doing it. See, well, that's, that makes me happy because he was, I know, I spoke to him last week. He was, he was really disappointed because he had arranged the whole thing, the whole festival of resumption. Yes, that's right. And, and so much that he orchestrated that. He, he, you know, got the artists in. He, he was the one that rang Billy Idol. That's right. So disappointing, Stephen. Yeah, and then now his ringtone is the carnival is over, which is exactly the same <laughs> ringtone that Peter Volandis has. But, like, you made reference, Dennis, to the fact that uh, now that the parade's not going on, this is because, you know, we're essentially in a mobilisation situation. I mean, they're moving Origin to Townsville. Mm-hmm. And there seems to be this Volandite, anti-Volandite movement yep. really coming to um, the fore. It feels like we're going to war, doesn't it? It does. It does. And We're this on is, a war footing. And this has happened before. This is not a new thing. This is, you know, there was the Super League War, which was Rupert. There was the, the original Great Divide between rugby and league back in 1908 and eighteen. We discussed that last week. And we're back. And there's dirty work afoot. And the game is shaking. And you asked, who are the anti-Volandites? Who are the anti-Volandites? And who's Fletcher Christian? Yeah, who's actually speaking up? And I know that uh, a potential representative of the anti-Volandites, Clint Newton from the RLPA, mm. was uh, motivated to call in to Paul Kent on Triple M this weekend and sort of you know lock horns on this particular issue. And what did he have to say? So how, how, many, how many more weeks... While you sat down and went through the process and all that and had the, the meetings and all that, how many more weeks was, were, were the players prepared to cop concussions while you sat down and negotiated what hey, was always going to be the outcome anyway, yeah. that you're not allowed to tackle high? No, no, Paul, you, you've, you just sort of took it back to, to there. As I said, it's not about... Any well, this is what's decision. driving it, though, no, Clint. No, no, this is what's you, driven speak, it. Paul, the, I, know you, I know you're on radio... And I know... Don't talk to me like hard. that, Clint. Don't talk to no, me like that. No, what I'm saying, Paul, is... No, again, we'll just answer the question instead of well, all this well. corporate gobbledygook that you're spruiking. Well, Tell us in real terms what Paul, the problem is. we've had this conversation before, right, about you not allowing people to speak. And if, you, Clint, if you're going to get me Clint, on the show... Well, say something. Say okay. something. Don't well, sit there and talk all this stuff that people need a manual to figure out what you're saying. But this is the problem, Paul. Emotion takes control, like you are right now. Let me speak, and then we can work through it. Okay. Wow, the emotional Paul Kent. He's never been accused of being emotional before. By the way, I had to correct you, Dennis, but uh, it was um, Andrew Webster who was taking the calls about the Constitution. I don't think constitutional law is Kenty's strong point. I think he was uh, more a... Um, it was, oh, it's Webby. He's more familiar with the criminal law, I think. That's, right. that's where he operates. Fair enough. Yeah. So, you can hear there... The tension because... You, know, you can hear there absolutely nothing because one person is saying, here's a quick question. Can you just let me finish, And Dennis? I'm not going to let you answer. Come the other on, one's saying, can you just let me answer? Can you just let me... Can you just let me... Is there any... Listen, Listen I don't want to answer. tell you how to do a That's podcast. Corporate gobbledygook. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Carry on. Well, so we, we need to try and see where the forces are marshalling because we're into the third week of the crackdown. It doesn't seem to have had any material effect whatsoever on player behaviour. Uh, probably the worst example of it was um, poor old Victor Radley who ended up copping five weeks. And whereas opposed to the former Rooster player who went into the judiciary accompanied by uh, Mitch Orbison QC, mm. he was accompanied by Hornswoggle. Your uh, the old Hornswoggle. Jeez. And uh, you and- got five weeks. So that's been the, the peak of, oh, well, they'll learn now. 
Like if you know if you've got to change your tackling technique, despite what Victor the Inflictor said, they'll go a bit lower. But that wasn't the case on the weekend. And they'll also take in Mitch Orbison QC, not yeah. Horn Swoggle you QC. Take so we see the forces lining up now. It seems at the moment pretty much Wayne is in the Volandite camp. Wayne's a Volandite. Mm-hmm. Tick. And uh, in speaking about, you know, Wayne supporting what Peter Volandis is doing, he referred to the Volandis quote, and I quote, and I won't do the voice. When it comes to safety, there is no need to consult. If a pedestrian is going to be hit by a car, you stop it from happening now. You don't wait until you've been hit and then try to do something. So what I'm hearing from Volandis is basically the tackler is a car. Yep. And the tackled is is an innocent pedestrian. Yep. Is that how you see the offense and defense as rugby league? One is motorized vehicles developed by Henry Ford um, with the capacity to uh, basically obliterate the other um, defenseless people on the other side? Well, when I see Jared Maria Hargraves, I see that. that there's innocent people walking across the crossing and Jared Maria Hargraves comes in and goes high. Other than that, it, it does seem an odd thing, particularly when the statistics show that I, th- I think the NRL physio put it up that um, it's 3.54 times more likely it was either 1.7 or 3.4, I can't remember. If you're the car, that you're going to get the concussion yeah. because you're going to put your head... And this is the other thing. If you're going low, this they always talk... If you're going low, you're more likely to get your head hit by the hip or the knee um, and get concussed than if you go high. So, it's actually not quite as simple as that. I don't get too deep into this, but if, if you're in an amorous situation and you're both Leaf fans, do you go, I'll be the car today and you'll be the pedestrian? <laughs> <laughs> How does that go? Well, I'd hope you'd take it in turns. You'd share the dynamic because that's, mm. that's part of the joy of the whole thing. To me, what I'm seeing here is Volandis, who, of course, the horseman. The yeah, horseman. He, he parachuted in from another sport. Big cricket fan as well. Is he? Yeah. And I know you've done uh, a side hustle called Rugby League. Uh, sorry, sorry, Cricket the Musical, correct? Yes. So, you know a little bit about cricket. <laughs> is it not the case that every rule change in the last 50 years has favoured the batter? Oh, big bash is all about the batter. Like the the, the the 2020 is all about the batter, and there are there are a few bowlers who complain about it endlessly. In fact, all bowlers complain about it endlessly. So you think about the set restarts or, or ruck infringements. Oh my God! On the weekend there was another one. They they, they obviously Volandis listens to the podcast and he was very upset at my accusation that all they say is ruck infringement because I heard it in uh, Coffs Harbour. Inside the 10 metres. Oh, that's exciting. And yeah. The, and, and the new bell was at Central Coast Stadium. Yeah. For the Roosters-Canberra game, which is- it, What was beautiful was the, um, the PA in Coffs Harbour. Could, I've been getting plenty of mail of people saying they ha- don't like going to the footy because the PAs are too loud. This isn't me. This is people who are they're probably not 19-year-olds, but they're saying, I go to the footy to have a couple of beers and talk to my mate. I don't want to have to yell at my mate like I'm in some bloody club. I want to watch the footy, drink my beer, talk to my mate. The PA in coughs was exceptionally loud, but not only that, it was distorted. And so the, the new bell came out as... It was, was like it, the old bell. Was this at Coffs Harbour International Stadium? CX International Stadium, Coffs Harbour. Wow. International, sorry, International Sports Stadium. When was the last time an international was played there? <sighs> well, there would have been international travelling artist Elton John. Sir Elton played there. It would have been one of his last concerts before COVID. Is that right? That he played there. And I was devastated because <laughs> tickets for Rugby League, the New Zealand Coffs Harbour, had just gone on sale. Oh, no. And he sucked all the uh, entertainment coin out of the market. It's really, I, didn't see, I wouldn't see much crossover between your audience and Elton's audience. Oh, a lot of crossover. <laughs> a lot of right? crossover. Although I must say, it was wonderful being in Coffs Harbour and going down to the Jetty Theatre where... 
I believe it's actually the greatest show I've done was in Coffs Harbour because that night I was setting up. It was a beautiful old theatre in Coffs and I was setting up and I was backstage and the, like it just looked great and the, everything was sounding good. PA was wonderful. It was, it was, you know, the screen looked great. And I started watching the footy on my on Fox on my TV, on my um, computer. During your show? No, but as I was finishing oh, setting sorry. up. So, I was just doing the last bits, last bits of sound check, last bits of light setting and... Um, Oh, no, Jackie Boy White has been sent off. Oh, no, the Storm have scored. Oh, no, an intercept and they've scored again. Oh, no, Tarpanay punched someone. He's in the sin bin. Oh, no, the Storm have scored. It was 18-0. The Raiders had two players in the bin. We're in not going Melbourne. back to this story yet I was again, heartbroken. <laughs> I went back. I got some dinner. I went back to the hotel, watched it on Fox and watched the comeback and saw the Raiders win. Went and did the show that night and it was the best show ever. I've actually seen you struggle at the monitor live a couple of times. Is that because you're actually watching a rugby league game during your performance? <laughs> I'm watching replay of that one, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of who's on and off the horseman, now, mm. Andrew Webster, who I mentioned Webby. before. Constitutional lawyer, Andrew Webster. Correct. Big expose that Gus and the horseman are off each other, which I think is something that we detected on 100% footy last mm. week. And so this is a, a big member of the Illuminati to have switch sides if you like and I think Gus is very much in the school about you just can't change these things overnight and I think the evidence has brought it out and it's also and we love the rugby league player we're all for the player and we're sympathetic and we don't accept as and we agree with Robbo that they're not dumb but you know we're in crackdown three the idiot goes boys you've got to get the tackles down otherwise you're in the bin worst case scenario you're off unless you're a Roosters player because there were several high tackles that weren't binned I'm sure you'll come to that forensically so in the first three games of this round, only one person was sent to the bin, which was the Thursday and the Friday matches, right? And who was okay. that? Uh, I've got no idea. Um, I, look, I've done some research, yeah, yeah, not okay. enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I actually think it was someone from the first game on the Friday. So there was no one in the Tigers Dragons, no one in the. No, uh, there was no one in the. It was someone in the uh, Broncos um, oh. game, the first game on the Thursday against the Storms, I think. So one player in the been in the first three games, seven in the last two on the Sunday, because that's you know several days after the edict. So yeah. they get the refresher comes in Tuesday when they announce the team's boys. You got to lower the tackles, and all the guys who are playing on the Thursday and Friday go lower the tackles. By the time to get the Sunday, they got no idea, right? And they've also gone off. Oh, the, the refs have also gone. Hey, boys, we're down on. Uh, we need numbers. We and, need to get quotas up. And I thought that uh, um, the you know the the really clear example of all this was in the final game of the round, which was the Manly Ringer Seagulls versus the Newcastle Knights. The 12-1 against. Yeah. By the way, if we're looking for pro-Volandites, Peter Beatty, former Australian Rugby League Commissioner, has says that Peter... Uh, no, he's still a Rugby League Commissioner. He's uh, just former com- chair. Chairman, I should say. Yes. And he says he'll serve out his full term to 2023. What a relief. <laughs> uh, he has said that Peter Volandites has taken Rugby League into the 21st century and beyond. <laughs> Wow. It raises the question, where is the beyond? The Twilight Zone, the fourth dimension, four clues? I don't know. But in the Manly Knights game, Mm -hmm. two things stood out. First of all, I thought if there was another dimension beyond which Peter Volandis has taken rugby league to, being the fourth dimension, I thought the dimension of the crusher sort of came into its own in this third week. Uh Because we've now got this concern, not just of players laying down if there's contact anywhere near the head, Anyone who seems to be above them in the tackle is now carrying the allegation of the crusher. The crusher. Yep. What, what is the telltale signal? Uh, you put your hand up towards the back of your neck. But right. 
in the panic, often the players putting their hand to their forehead or yep. their eyes or their cheek. They forget where the back of their oh, neck is. I saw Lachlan Fitzgibbon patting his head and rubbing his stomach, yelling "Crusher ref!" Tell me that he wasn't patting it and his stomach was a circular motion because that's that's quite dexterous. That's what he do was that. doing. Goodness. And 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 I've seen now. Players actually, and it might have been Corey Horsburgh. I mean, there was some thought. Seahors. Yeah, there the might have been some thought he dislocated his wrist in a tackle gone wrong. Yep. But he was actually alleging a crusher earlier in the game and he sort of whipped his hand around so quickly to he, gra- he dislocated his wrist. <laughs> is, that, is that where it happened? He did. He had a Cinder's Mosa style injury when you have uh, the two bones in his uh, forearm have been pulled apart. So it's a, it's a Cinder's Mosa injury. And you know who's blowing up about it? Please tell me. Adam Reynolds. Adam Reynolds. Right. What's Adam had to say? He says, the thing I'm Are you most going to frust- do Adam's voice? No, I'm not going- I can't do Adam Reynolds' voice. I wouldn't dare try and do that. I'll do him like Peter Volandis. The <laughs> thing I'm most frustrated with is we're encouraging players to lay down. Not a good look for the game. I think we can all agree that. People are diving and milking it, and that's more concerning to the- than the accidents to the head and the neck. Now, that's a rugby league player's talking, isn't it? Well, it I- is. I'm much more concerned about the attitude and the theatre of the player rather than whether they get hurt. And he goes... I'm not saying it's soft, but it is soft <laughs> in the way we're laying down looking for penalties and not getting up and playing the ball. Well, it is, it is very interesting because, it, you know, we identified last week that um, there was a couple of dives that got penalties that, that led to tries in the, the Bulldogs-Titans game. So, people are taking dives for Jai tactical Wallace. advantage. That's the one. Uh, no, Jared Wallace. Jared Wallace. Jared, we the, the, the love child of Jai Arrow and Jai Jared Wallace. Right, that's sorry. the one. Yep. Um, which is, it's very interesting looking at that, that um, you know, there was who who was talking was it the uh, Adam uh, Isaac, what was his name that was saying you should look for touch football players Isaac Luke Isaac Luke Holy Luke Isaac Luke was saying touch football players and what have the Sharks gone and done they've gone and recruited soccer players because I understand that now diving is important so you've got Ronaldo correct you've got Pele yep they they they're going to be hitting up Sydney FC this is the new ground. Get the divers in. Yeah, get in. In other words, Mitchum you know, is it named Stuart Mitchum, gold medal diver? You'd think you'd be pulling him straight in. He's won an Olympic gold medal. Bang. Yeah, right. Perfect. So put him on the wing. This is an interesting point. I mean, Melbourne revolutionised the game when they brought in people who understood wrestling. Now, yes. whoever brings in football players like Cronulla are doing the first thing, uh, first signs towards that as to how to do the theatre, how to sell the dive, yeah, how to look like you're in agonising pain as a result of a crusher that barely brushed your head is the future of football. Matthew Mitchum, that's Matthew him. Mitchum. Matthew it's, Mitchum. It's something to look forward to, I think. He's a trampolinist as well. So, oh, imagine he, that. He's a multiple threat. But you put him in there, you just say, okay, instead of taking the Storm's best player out, you say, just just make sure that you run <laughs> at, at Munster. Just run at Munster. And when he comes near you, bang, up you go, dribble somersault with twist, on the ground, grab the back of your neck, he's gone. He's no longer taking them out with violence and headshots. He's taking them out with dives. So where's is that go- Volander's ball? Well, well, where is it going? Where, what is the logical con- extension, nay, conclusion of this? And I thought we saw it in the Manly Knights game. Apart from the Crusher and the Fitzgibbon Theatre and whatever, there was an issue towards the end of the game where Daniel Siafidi tucks the ball under an arm and makes one of those key hit-ups with the Knights clinging on a two-point lead, about 12, 13 minutes left on the clock. Yep. Marty Tapao, people's hero. We all love Marty. Oh, I love Marty. Terrific power. Marty's leader. been to the show. Love well, it. he hasn't been to the show. I've performed at a function where he was. Is that right? And I joined, and I made him join part of the show. There you go. I, I threw the whole line out that people are saying, you know, there's a confusion. How can rugby league be musical? But if, if I'm not mistaken, Marty, where was your contract sent? And he's gone, yeah, it was sent to a music theatre. <laughs> uh, a music theatre critic in Canada was where my manager sent the 
who contract. Came, who came back with some really clever notes oh, about you know, bonuses based on whether you made the top eight and all that sort of thing, <laughs> Mitch Moses style. And Chappelle's gone in to affect the tackle, and he's come reeling out, right? And you go, there's a rugby league moment. Two prize bulls challenging oh. each other. Points to Siafidi. The Knights continue their way, defending their lead. Well done. Subsequently, the ball looks like it's been dropped off a kick uh, by Jason Saab, and the whole thing is stopped, and we wind back. Oh. And Chappelle is called out by the referee, <laughs> and he starts indicating... Actually, for once, not a crusher, but tapping the top of his head like, HIA, am I in the bin? Because I came reeling out of the tackle. They go, no, Marty, you're in the bin for a head high. And forensically on the slow motion, his shoulder just brushes the lower part of Siafidi's chin and he's gone to the bin. And Siafidi, who didn't dive for it, he was delighted. Did you see his face afterwards? The smile, laughing, laughing. How good. Laughing maniacally. And he was just thinking Matthew Mitchum. Yes. Bring him in. Yeah, I mean, the, the theatre is doing really, really well. And we, we put these photos on the Fire Up Facebook page if you want to see that particular incident. But you know what it occurred to me about... I, I might have been wrong about Volandis. And let's face it, I've been pretty much correct all the way along in all of this. <laughs> that I thought he was just trying to create two sports that he could dominate, being Oztag and Rollerball and throw yeah, that yeah, into yeah. the CV yeah. with Racing New South Wales. But I think it's more evil than that, Dennis. More evil? <laughs> I think that uh, Peter Volandis does see himself um, somewhat delusionally as a man of the people. And he said, what is the biggest contribution I could possibly make to rugby league that will make me loved by the fans forever? Now, I just want to clear up one thing. People are saying, so unlike, you know, whenever the prime minister is presenting an award at a sporting function, everybody boos. Yeah. Right. And at the Anzac Day clash when the Roosters took on the Dragons. And as part of the official party was announced, they mentioned Australian Rugby League Commission Chairman Peter Volandis, and a roar went up. And people said, see, he's the people's champion. Now, I was there, Dennis. I think you were as well. At that particular point in time on the big screen, Roosters legend Anthony Minicello was on the screen shown taking his seat. Oh, right. that, so, so I think people got the wrong message there. So I think what happened there is the guy in the PA has pressed the yeah. applause button. That's right. Because you know they do that. The Develop. Roosters are the only actual club that do that. They play applause. That's right. Develop, develop for COVID, you know, the yeah, applause yeah. matter. Yeah. And so Volandis is a bit drunk on this power. He says, the people, they love me. <laughs> Sally Field style, they really love me or like me or whatever she said. <laughs> So, in one fell swoop at the beginning of last year where I first started to sense something was amiss, half the referees lost their jobs, if you recall. He cut it back from two to one. Right. Now, what we're seeing is every tackle, every tackle, and I think it happened for your boy Ryan James with Jared Boyer-Hargraves, correct? Yep. What happened there? What happened there was Jared Boyer-Hargraves, he was tackled. Jared Boyer-Hargraves has grabbed his shirt from marker and pulled him and pulled him and pulled him and kept pulling him so he couldn't get away to chase the ball. He's then tripped over and he's pulled Ryan James on top of him. As Ryan James has fallen, he's gone, you want me on top of you? Sure. And has just adjusted his knee to land on Jared Rio Hargrave's enormous head. And it's a huge head. Decent milk. So, it would, you know, I've said he's, that Ryan's arranged it to, to get on there. It's pretty hard to miss because it's a massive thing. And, and he did hit it and he got put in the bin for it. Yeah, he need him in the head. But, <laughs> but the referees have an opportunity to see that. They've got two touches. Let's face it, are doing as little as possible these days. But you've got a referee there, three sets of eyes. In the old convention, if they missed it, they missed it. Yeah. Right? But now every tackle is being reviewed in the bunker. They're winding back and they're issuing edicts and penalties for incidents that occurred some 60 seconds, 90 seconds Post-rationalizing. ago. Post-rationalising. Right. 
the technology has latency right now. It's not where it needs to be, but this is the precursor of where Volandi's ball is going. And this is what the Volandiites are delivering. That eventually oh, there'll, be, going. there'll be an OFC on the field, which is an on-field communicator, which is simply a device no. in the facsimile of a human as an android They won't thing. admit that. What there'll be, Chris, there'll be a whistle over the PA. <laughs> Ruck infringement. All the refereeing will be done in the bunker, and it won't be done by humans, Dennis. It'll be done by an algorithm. And I you mean, know what'll happen? The it, players will say that, Chris, you broke the law, and over the PA will come... I am the law. Exactly right. Judge Dredd style. And I don't know what AI is. I have no idea what it is. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't, I couldn't distinguish between an algorithm and a logarithm. But I know this. Peter Volandis wants to exterminate from the face of the planet the referees. And he will be the most popular figure in rugby league because according to Volandis, the people that the, the fans hate the most are the referees. And you know what? He might be onto something. He could indeed. The only thing... There's always been a thing in rugby league that if you want to get rid of the referees, you know, like Des was a little bit unhappy with the referees and some of their work. Have we heard what Des has had to say? Consistency is an issue with this, Des. The, oh, since we cracked down on the, on the head contact, mm. it's been what two or three weeks now. Yeah. Is it a worry that we haven't found it yet? The consistency. Yeah, and and that's up to you know uh, to the officiating party. Um, I know Graham Ennisley will be watching, so um, I know you'll have another sleepless night tonight, um, and you'll wake up with a headache uh, in the morning. <laughs> Can you have a sleepless night and wake up? Wow. Well, I, in Desi world, you can. And it, I, I did love the, the question was, you know, asking about head highs, head highs, head, had they found it yet? Like, what the head? It's, it's that bit on top of the shoulders. I believe they had. Oh, Desi. Well, I, I thought it was going to be more about, so that it was about the consistency issue. Hasn't been found. Whereas you're saying the AI will be consistent. It'll be metronomic. It'll be precise. It'll be the end of human contact in rugby league. There's always been a thing that the referees have said. Their, their edict is... You can get rid of the referees. There's no, there's no problem. Just stop bloody cheating. <laughs> and if the players will stop cheating, then there wouldn't be a need for the referees. So this is where Peter's plan falls apart. He's trying to. He's. You can't over officiate and then pull the referees out. I think Peter's plan has a flaw. One or two. One or two. But if Adam Reynolds is saying players laying down isn't soft, but it is soft. Yeah, it's soft but not soft. It's the new version of Nah, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. Not you soft, know soft. I might go and have a lie down myself. I had a conversation this morning, but it wasn't a conversation that ended badly. It was a conversation where Beavis was essentially informed that Bill wasn't going to be his friend anymore.
I think, what was that song called? Crushed by the Wheels of Industry. Crushed by the Wheels of Industry <laughs> from Heaven 17. Now, the Wheels of Industry are turning in rugby league. They're doing a remix, Crushed by the Wheels of Industry. Crushed. Yes. Uh, this is the worry. When people say there's, you know, there's the, the crackdown on the crusher, it's like he's left the game. He left the game three decades ago. Leave wouldn't, Crusher alone. Wouldn't, I, I've always, I think a lot about these things, and we'll probably talk about rugby league names a little bit later, Hello Dogstar, but- I think Crusher Krill will be enjoying this. I mean, who wouldn't want an illegal play named after them? Imagine it's like, sorry, you've can a hand, 10 well, minutes in the bin. It's kind of better than someone who hoppers. Yeah. You know, you don't want that. It's business. terrific. But the wheels of industry turning. Now, I understand some former players, Chris, have got some very interesting ways of turning a coin, not just going in the boxing ring, but there's other ways of earning money after league. One of the great challenges for rugby league players when they retire is there's just so few commentary jobs and <laughs> and yet if you look at the standard you, you kind of think if you're half good you'd be when, some when chance did, when did friend of the show spoke <laughs> carol when did he retire it would have been mid 90s so it's taken him a quarter of a century to get that gig on fox but he's a right baby let me tell you oh he's a right big time and, and i'm going to put it out i'm going to try and get spot on the show next week fantastic that'll be great i've had the opportunity to meet the man i, saw, I met him at your show he's a wonderful human so, Luke Burgess, the oldest of the four Burgess boys, has been spotted- oh, This is the oldest one. Yes, the so oldest not of one the, the Burgess. No, he's not one of the twins. Yep. I, th- I think the order goes Luke, Sam, and then Tom the and twins. George. Yep. And, you know, w- w- talk about if people are worried that the game is better or worse than it used to be in the Volandis era, it's clearly worse because we've only got one Burgess going around right now. We're down to Tom, <laughs> right? And But Luke is and living he's in- he's going to try to beat the Tigers. Uh, yes. Oh! In that wormhole where I turn on the television and it's got West Tigers 18, South 14 with Tom scoring all the time. I just couldn't understand what was going on. Um, He's been spotted driving around the eastern suburbs in, and I quote, a flash BMW X5 as a DD driver. DD. It's one of the formats that's up in opposition to Uber. Right, so it's not, I thought maybe it was like a, a, a DJ kind of thing, but no, this is a DD. So he's no, no, I don't think it's a customized thing. I don't think he's making a reference to the Energizer Man Spud DD okay. batteries or it's anything not like that. It's not, yep. Nothing like that. And so this is what Luke says about his experience as a DD driver. Because let's face it, you think as a Burgess or a Burge Eye, you wouldn't have to work another day in your life, right? Well, he, someone, someone's got to pay for those chickens. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. And he goes, I signed up a couple of weeks ago. I en- I'm not doing the voice again. I enjoy driving and I enjoy chatting with people. So there are two key functions, though. Sometimes you're just not in the mood when you get in the Uber, are you? To chat. <laughs> then you see Luke there. Yeah. Large Luke. Yep. Well, yeah. this is the thing. You get into the DD with Luke. The first thing is you've got to get through the chicken bones. Because... Right? <laughs> He's getting his share. He's getting his four of the 16. Was it Luke over in Arizona? Uh, in South with uh, John Sutter? Yeah. I think so. It was, yeah. Because it said there was a menacing looking mugshot that he had. So he enjoys driving and he enjoys chatting with people. And he went online to find where can I do those two things? And boom. DD. You know, out came DD. And he goes, it's better than sitting around doing nothing. Eh, I don't know. But what's interesting about this is, of course, he's got two other gigs to keep himself busy after his stellar career for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I mean, people still talk about the great games that Luke Burgess played. There's so many that come to mind. I haven't got time to go through them all right now. With his brothers, Sam, George and Tom, he runs the 4B, think about it, 4B clothing brand, which is a premium brand clothing company. It's sort of leisure wear, active wear, um, something for the beach, something when you're going to the yacht club, maybe a little bit of nightclubbing later, get yourself decked out in the bird eye gear. Have you seen it? I'm Googling it now because, gee, it sounds fantastic. Really, really great gear, clean lines, very keen on shorts and pants and things like that. 
do they get like what sizes do they go down to? Well, this is one of it's it's as I said, it's a premium brand, but it's limited to the larger gentlemen. Right. right. Like, yeah. Because there's no way the Burge are going to compromise. They said, we can't do designs that reflect our personality that are for the shorter men. It's yeah. just not in our nature. So basically, you've got to have the dimensions of a Burge eye. And in George's case, let me tell you, there's a bit of room in the gusset. They're large, uh, large. In order to wear the 4B. But they're still, that's, that's still a large market. They say with you know nutrition and evolution and all the things, we're all getting bigger. So it's born from our obsession with finding quality everyday essentials <laughs> let me tell you they are constantly certainly pre-covid touring the world to find the finest silks and oh. rayons and you know uh <laughs> gore-tex i think and colors i think they've got going, a gore-tex jacket they're going through milan and going to fashion week everywhere getting the latest fabrics and feeling the fiber so according to luke he says i tell all my passengers about 4b we picked up a few good sales from the car can you imagine it <laughs> You just go, I just want to get from Maroubra to the city. I'm going to the movies. I haven't gone to the movies since the pandemic. I've decided to splash out. I'm going to see Cruella. Most people will just stream it on Disney+, Plus, but we're going to do the whole thing. Chock, top, popcorn. Up drives Luke Burgess and the DJ. You open up and the chicken bones just fall everywhere. <laughs> Empty salad things. And you get in, he goes, g'day, where are you going? Go to the movies, mate. And then he goes... You look like a fancy gentleman. I like your jacket, but... And, and so he's got the BMW X5. If I'm not mistaken, that's a four-wheel drive. That's a large four-wheel drive. Right. So it's it's not like it's got a boot. It's got a, the big back. So I imagine he goes around the back and says, have a look at this. Opens it up, much like the watch salesman opens up his jacket to reveal. Have a look at these, eh? Oh, look at this lovely jacket. Full of the fibre, the fabric on that jacket there. It'd be one of those, imagine how good you would look at this stuff. It'd be one of those hydraulic things like it would just come out of the boot and, and, the, and all the hangers would come out and all the... All the gear would just be draped. And a change room would fall down. And go, oh, get a bit of that one on you, eh? Oh, lovely. Yeah, what time's your session then? You know? And he goes, and he says, I see you're wearing a single-breasted jacket. Have you considered something in the double-breasted? Don't, don't do the bottom button up. No, no, no. Wow. And, um, and get this. His other gig is he's a club ambassador for the, the South Sydney Rapidos. For, for the Rapidos. Right? <laughs> going to say for like home nightclub or something. By the, the way. Rapidos. So, it, so does it... Open up the side, then the car opens out, and here's the the Raiders, the white leather, the the Rabbitohs white leather bomber jacket, and here's the hoodie, and here's here's the Russell signature range, and the opportunity to sign up to be a member of the club, right? Oh. And if you want to understand where a club ambassador sits, Robbie Farah was appointed at the beginning of year as a club ambassador, but he's been promoted because he now runs the water for the Tigers on the field. So, <laughs> you know, club ambassador is you know it's, it's it's a tough gig, but basically what they do is you speak to corporates. And sponsors on game day. So you'll go out to, now what would you refer to it? I think you'd have to call it Stadium Australia right now. There's no sponsor, is that right? It's by its proper name, Stadium yeah. Australia. It's the home ground of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Get your head around that again. I mean, the South Sydney Rabbitohs play out of Stadium Australia. That just makes no sense the whatsoever, does it? The Rabbitohs, yeah. yeah. Anyway, you go to, what you know, I don't know, the, the Dawn Fraser Lounge or the Herb Elliott Atrium <laughs> or whatever it is. And you go, this is terrific. And- Luke gets up and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to South Sydney's. We're, you know, we're playing the Canberra Raiders today, so it should be an easy W for us. And uh, we've got a terrific lineup. Uh, it's, you know, in our respective Indigenous round, we're going to speak to former South Sydney great Eric Sims. But before we do, if you can just direct your attention to the catwalk. And our, 
how come the models in the 4B gear? And it is, it is funny looking at the models in the four because Luke actually he he's he pulls blue steel. He actually does okay. His posing looks comfortable. Sam, however, looking for all the world like Henry the Green Engine and very uncomfortable with it. He's standing there. He just looks awkward. Sam just looks dead set awkward. And as they as as the the booklets then come round where you can order your gear while you're waiting for your rubber chicken and Eric Sims would be actually interesting to listen to. I oh, wouldn't you love to hear that? Up comes a neon lit sign sponsored by Didi. Oh. But it's all about family, Dennis. Yes. And family has loomed large. You, you have complained for years mm-hmm. that the rugby league media, and by the way, it seems to be the, the Volandis, Andy Volandis thing. It's either you're for the rugby league media or for the players. So I know exactly where I am in that issue. If you're for the media. Totally for the media. That's what we are. Paul Kent, James Hooper, we salute you. Friends of the show. Friends of the show. Is... You've said for a long time, particularly the Sydney Rugby League media and Channel 9, you blew up Deluxe about this last week as well. I've blown up Deluxe about this many, many occasions. Has no interest in the Canberra Raiders. Well, we found a way for the Canberra Raiders to be nothing but front page news week on, week off. And that is to be bloody awful. And as soon as Not we- just awful. As soon as we- Well, woeful? No. The, the Pathetic? Raiders, the Raiders, up until about- <laughs> On 20, death's door? Up until 20, <laughs> Irrelevant? Up until 2017, Non-functioning? They were woeful. Now- they're dead. <laughs> they're a dumpster fire. Now they're dumpster fire going over the falls. So I thought we, as the train, as the last carriages are cascading off the bridge, off the viaduct, which has been blown by goodness knows who. The people, I know, the Sydney media can't get enough of kicking it. It's like the kicking the, like the final scenes of the ridge of the river over the bridge. It is the and bridge still, over the river quiet. It, class, it, it kills me. It kills me when Sydney media <laughs> talk about. The, even the ABC, the venerable old ABC journalists, they do it as the train crashes down over. Oh, right. you can't blow that bridge, <laughs> Mr. Eccles. Um, they, they love, the media will say, oh, today Canberra decided they were going to do this. No, they didn't. It was bloody Morrison who's from the Shire. So they should be fe- – and who was last Prime Minister? It was from the eastern suburbs here. Before that, it was Malcolm. from Manly. Before that, you had Rudd. He's a Queenslander. It's nothing to do with Canberra. They all like to kick Canberra. So when the Raiders are falling apart, the media in Sydney are just licking their lips. They're like a bunch of bird's eye on a chicken coop going, oh, get me at it, in the, wearing their 4B gear. <laughs> we, we literally, if I can use that word in its correct sense, I'm not sure, walked out of this studio last week, thought, well, we've done the Canberra issue to death. <laughs> People accuse us of being Canberra biased because Dennis is a Canberra fan to hear about the storm that had blown up oh. around the departure of Georgie Boy Williams. And before we get on to that, can I simply say, what the hell was Sam Williams doing when he kicked for touch and he kicked it backwards 10 metres up at Central yeah. Coast Stadium? <laughs> Are you saying he was trying to elong- elongate the defensive community? Oh, I, I think he um, he's had a mate in the crowd. He's like, <laughs> Sammy, kick it to me. And Sammy is such a nice what a bloke. Guy. He's gone, you know what? What difference does it make? We're not going to win anyway. Here you go, champ. He's kicked it to his mate from Cooma. So, Georgie Williams is in some way, shape or form wanting to leave Canberra because he's homesick, Dennis. He's homesick. Yeah. Um, yeah, see, this is, this is the problem the Raiders have had that people read the media and the Sydney media kicks Canberra and says that Canberra's rubbish. And let's be honest, the only reason the Raiders have a team is because North Melbourne was threatening to move to Canberra. And if the AFL, that would push the Batuta Advocates-sponsored Barassi line further north. And they wouldn't like that. So the NRL agreed to have the team in Canberra instead of Campbelltown or the, ah, the Illawarra came in the same year. Didn't they? I think they did. Yes. 
They let them in because they were scared of the AFL. It was the first time the league has reacted to the AFL. So that's why Canberra's in there. And ever since, they just kicked them. Sydney players hate it. You know, like, like Turncoat Tedesco. Shocking, shocking human who just signed with the Raiders and then bailed. And this happens over and over again. So early on in the career, the Raiders looked. They didn't go west because the west, t- uh, th- there's no players over there. So they went north. They went to Queensland. Right. The rejected Queenslanders, the Queenslanders who said, people said uh, they won't make it in the Sydney competition. Your Mel Meningi, your Wally Lewis, sure, they can win at Origin once, you know, once or twice a year, but they're not going to go the rigors week in, week out. Well, how wrong the Sydney media was. How wrong Gus Gould was when he said that these players won't make it. Gus Gould was actually saying it back then. And then you had, who was the coach? Who was your coach? Walk, 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 walk. You might want to leave Zero on there a bit longer, hey? Because he's Queenslanders, they can win a game. You might want to leave Blocker on. Anyway, then the problem was the Broncos came into the competition. Again, the Sydney NRL, the Sydney New South Wales Are Rugby Are you saying League. that substituting Surinan and Roach for Podgy and Hardwick was a bad move? Let's look at the history books and see who won. Uh, the Queenslanders all wanted to play for, you know, for the Broncos then. Right, the new franchise. So, we lost that, uh, that breeding ground. So, Timmy Sheens, your man, looked overseas. He went to New Zealand. He found Ponga, not Pongia. No, sorry, Pongia. Quentin Pongia. And he found Lomax. And he found... Ruben Wiki. Ruben Wiki and Sean Hoppy. And they came across 94 grand final. Then the New Zealand Warriors entered the competition and there was long, lean, dark years yes. and nothing of darkness. Yes. Then Ricky Stewart came back and Ricky Stewart, well, he got in a boat and he sailed for three months by a, south the Cape. Was it a long boat being a raider? Well, it was a long boat. It, it also had a sail and he sailed, went through the coast. Can you imagine Ricky Rio. in full horns and All the time. Like animal furs? <laughs> I think that's quite a vision. All the time, I imagine. It's I'm still waiting for that Fox special that's on Ricky Stewart. They, you know, they've done the in-depth with Ricky and they're just sort of going, they were going to do that on, you know, as they uh, surge towards another premiership tilt and they've obviously... Well, they, they are doing it in-depth on your Tigers. Yes. And... May never see the light of day. Oh, no. The producers, were, they're, they're very happy with they're the really Tigers. They're really happy with they're like, it. oh, thank God. So, we just have to show Madge in tears for an hour because <laughs> that's pretty much what it was going to be every week. But the Raiders then looked to England. Right. And Ricky went to England. He brought back some players. Not realising that those players, the English, that a couple of them had some problems. They saw the coin, loved the coin, but didn't actually like going away from the cold misery. This is, you know, the people from the north, they like cold, they like grey, they like bleak. They don't like, you know, even though all was a, the centre of uh, arts in England, a European centre of arts just a couple of years ago. They don't want to go to the museum. They don't want to see kangaroos eating the grass on a winter morning by Lake Burley Griffin. They don't want to see the fog as it lifts on a sunny winter's morning as the frost settles in. They don't want to see that sort of stuff. They just want the coin. And so Johnny Bateman, he left. And with him, maybe went the hopes of the Raiders. And now Georgie Williams, he's decided he wanted to go. He wanted to get out of his contract. He wanted to be paid out. They were offering him, you know, once you go to England for three months, no off-season, like have a long off-season next year and then come back. And he kept going and going and going. You know what? Probably the best way to run through this is with a song. Please do. Tuesday morning at nine o'clock as training begins. George sent a note to the welfare man. 
said he was not feeling all right to train. The welfare man went to Rick and showed him the text message. Rick went and knocked on Don Fern's door. They had to make a tough call. Wanted a release for next year. Asking for times made it clear. Canberra's not cold, grey, and dull enough for George. He's going home after just eighteen months. He signed for three years. Tuesday of O James Hooper's article breaks the news. Georgie then tweets and refutes Hooper's claims. John Bateman tweets calling James Hooper names. It breaks down so much that Josh Hodgson jumps to Georgie's defense. Josh does a tell-all with Paul Crawley. Why he chose crawls? Well, that's quite beyond me. He didn't want to leave yet. Is going. He's suing for all he can get. Now the whole thing will be going to court. He's going home after just eighteen months. He signed for three. Thing. I don't want to start in Almighty Blue. I think you two aren't showing players the respect in all areas that maybe you could. I thought you were really heavy last week on the Canberra halfback, George Williams. Well, well, I don't care what you think. And now it's time for the latest instalment of The Life and Times of Gus Gould. I'm actually going to have some lunch with Ricky next week. We organised it a couple of weeks ago. I just sort of said, how you going? He said, how do you think I'm going? He said, we're losing. I said, all right, grumpy. I said, <laughs> do you want to have a beer or a lunch? He said, that'd be good. He said, a couple of weeks. He said, I'll, I'll find a day around our buy or around our... And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. And that is, that is one of the most popular segments of the show, and it really is the highlight of the show. But my question about that one was, who was giggling in the background? Whose voice was that? So, every week, James Bracey is not doing the podcast with Gus, and Matt Thompson is standing in. And they keep inferring that it's just for this week, but it continues to run. And I think it's now three weeks that uh, Six Tackles with Gus has been with... Matt Thompson, the hardest rugby league commentator to identify because I couldn't identify him. So, is that lineup. Matt Thompson going... Yep. It sounded like Uncle Monty from Withnall and I. Oh, my <laughs> boys, my boys. Which is... Sherry? Sherry. Pretty Sherry. much how he calls the game every week. <laughs> Very much. Let's go to Pat. How would you describe, if you could describe either James Bracey or Matt Thompson, Matt Thomas, Matt Thompson, describe their person? I think what you say, 
being from what- Canberra, you discover that people who are spooks, actual spooks and actual spies, they are utterly nondescript, utterly bland. You could be at a party talking to an actual spook for an hour and you walk out and you've forgotten you speak to him. And Chris, Dennis, who was that guy talking to? What guy? Was there a guy? That's them. That's them. Yeah, that's I, just. I I'm love in, you, Brace. I'm intrigued by this. I don't be, know Matt Thompson. Right, because Matt Thompson is doing the lion's share of the commentary now because Ray picks and chooses as he heads towards the twilight of his career, and for reasons, if you catch up with Ray in the flesh, and you know I'm a huge fan of the man, he he chooses not to be on screen, right? <laughs> and so therefore. The voice of Rugby League on Channel 9 is Ray Warren. He's well known to us and we have our visual reference going back and we don't include the statue of Juni because, dare I say it, <laughs> and hello, Andrew Voss, it looks nothing like him. But Matt Thompson, this seems to be now part of the condition. If you're going to call for Channel 9, you're not on screen. Like, you don't see him on any panel show, any post-mortem, any appearances on the Sunday footy show with Aaron and Sturlo. He is completely anonymous. Faceless. And, and I think that Channel 9 has made a strategic decision that we want... A voice, but we don't want a face. Well, the voice of Channel 9. Channel 9 is, of course, Steve Britton. And Steve Britton is he's a, he's a bikey that lives in Mossman. And he loves to harass the Mossman ladies on his bike. So you never see him, but you hear him all the time. I guess that's Media Watch, is it, Pat? <laughs> well, I trust any Widler. Yeah, well... <laughs> It's so important with regards to you're right. I got the wrong yes. wrong game. Call your phone today. No? Okay, your phone for the camera. Um I have no intelligence, that's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> can I can I make one comment? A really inappropriate film in an adult entertainment store would be Girls Gone Widler. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's probably in it. He's in every other... He's on every other screen. What do you got for us, Pat? Ruffled a few feathers last week. Mm, Did we? Good that the fire-up lawyers are defending my journalistic integrity. Who was put out? Spud Carroll. Well, people were saying that we were a bit harsh on on Spud. We were a bit harsh on Spud. I was a bit harsh on Spud. Bossy was a bit... We weren't harsh on Spud. Like that deep cut that you had a spud, which I was entertaining myself driving down that Roseville Bridge on the weekend. Oh, did you t- did you have your fly spray with you? I had my Liam Knight fly spray with me <laughs> in case I exceeded 80 kilometres an hour. Yeah. And I was enjoying it because to me, what it was showing was it was showing the almost cruel actions of the likes of Andrew Boss and Cooper Cronk on the great Spud Carroll who's simply trying to entertain the audience. And, and I thought I thought we were very much in the pro Spud camp as we oh, need to I be so if well. he's coming on next week. So me and him locked in a room. Mm. Is that for your wrestling company? <laughs> 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 you know, I'm prepared to throw down with Spud. I go to Spud's gym, do a bit of lifting with him. Yeah, absolutely. That'll get him in. Well, I work around the corner from there. So I've got to hide from so him. So where is it? Crown Street. Crown Street. So it has the Woolloomooloo Oh, it moved. I think it moved it's up. Yes, to, it's moved. It's, oh, moved. it's not down yeah. the Woolloomooloo anymore. I think it's moved no. up to like Palmer's, like up one street east. Oh, Spud's moving up in the world. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, east as well. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I'll, you know, give him an unedited, untethered rain to see what he gave us on the weekend. I love hair. Yes, I do. Do you love Billy Army's hair? I do. And uh, you know, I know all these guys, a few of these guys have been dying their hair. But some of these other guys, seriously, go back to your normal colour. <laughs> That's a bit tough to follow. Yeah, he and I might part ways there. Yeah. Talking about hair colour. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. A bit tough to follow that one. I would have thought Spud, I, Spud is, if he's 
that's his natural colour. He's doing very well for a man of his age, I think. He's, he's well groomed. He's, good he, Nick. he's well groomed. He loves on three sixty, uh, the the nice jacket with a little bit of a. I know, think that's just his everyday wear. A, a kerchief in his pocket. I think that's just his everyday wear. Mm. That's mm. what he wears in the ring. Mm. No Hadley last night on three sixty. Well, it wasn't all bad. <laughs> well, it's, it's on the on the topic of Fox. Uh-huh. They are getting a little bit hard to follow. And the dog's down to 16 from here, Andrew. It's a hamstring for Brad Dietz. He won't be back. Well, that's good news. I mean, uh, it's terrible news. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? That was Corey Parker. Oh, Curry Porker. Fantastic yeah. work. Yeah. He's in good nick as well. Yeah. They're getting a little bit hard to follow. Closet Panthers fan, I'd say. And it's seeping into... Well, or not. Mm. Mm. Is he or not? Is it terrible or not? I don't no, know. No, no. <laughs> So it is, it is seeping in, and we did have the, the George Williams thing, which has played at the Canberra Raiders. Troubles have played themselves out on Fox Sports, mm-hmm. and that too is not immune from this Fox Sports Confusion? Um, schizophrenia. Now, in relation to mental health, it's important that we point out no one, mental health is a deadly serious issue. Not for a millisecond is anyone on this show or anyone involved with Fox League or Fox Sports suggesting that it isn't. So this, there seems to be this right these days that. If you don't like it, no one ever sticks it out. Like, you look at these poor blokes who are digging mines and what's Back to in say England. about you, though? Hard to follow. Uncertain. <laughs> is it, I think... We're all that, learning the new ropes, I think. Is this what Des was talking about? With this, the consistency? This is the consistency, yes. Yeah, well, well this is Paul Crawley coming on the show. At least he's consistent. 100% consistent. Yeah, Des is the man, though, who talks about being sleep, having a sleepless night and then waking up from it. So. With a headache. Yeah. yeah. Cons- consistent. Crawley's consistent to the point of tautology. We just wow. say the exact same thing twice. That's what he does. You just can't fault it. It's beautiful. We have had some feedback, though, about the hoops, Lara. Um, they, don't, they don't really... So you're not going to play the flaming feedback sting for that? Uh, we're in between. <laughs> We're still technically in the media watch bubble. This is a media watch feedback bridge. This is like a bridge in a song. Where's the where's the consistency? But we do have this this Fox Sports um, uh, contradiction playing itself out on on that as well. So here's the tweet. The rest is all factual. The rest, and he he he's almost argued for you, hoops there, without realising he's arguing for you. This part here. The, the headline of the article, whether or not he read the whole article, suggests that George Williams dumped the Raiders by text. So if he feels that he didn't dump them by text, then that, that's possible. Yeah, but Larry, if he hasn't read the article, that's on him. If he's read the headline, then that's what he's reacted to. But that's why you've got to read the story. Mm. So if the headline says one thing and the story says another thing, it's not Georgie Williams' fault that he reacted to the headline. Are you accusing Fox League of doing clickbait? I don't know what they're doing. It's really hard. <laughs> it's hard to, I want to meet them on their own terms, but it's, it's difficult. I tell you one consistent theme is that there's a concern that Hoops does speak over the top of Lara. Dennis, I'm trying to say something here. Will you let me finish? <laughs> uh, no, can I? But, before, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think they do need to work that out. It's particularly Lara yeah. gets, gets spoken over. Yeah. Because I did, there was that article which, which I referred to in the song of Paul Crawley with the interview with Josh Hodgson. And I would have loved to, it would have been great if there was a recording of it. Oh, yeah. Because you need subtitles for both. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, but if we, uh, but if you read the title of that article, it was, it was Josh Hodgson. It was yeah, absolute yeah. full of revolution. You read the article. No, it's not. Yeah, yeah. 
Not at all. Yeah, and I it, mean, you're looking for truth in the media. It's crazy, crazy yeah, drama, crazy yeah. drama. I will say though, in defence of Fox League, and you alluded to it earlier, Dennis, at halftime in the Sharks Titans game, which was as is the modern talk about blowout mania. I mean, there were only two games that were actually close on the weekend, and Sharks Titans was yet another bludger of a game. <laughs> The headline did read, Ronaldo scores double as Pelé de Boos. And I thought, congratulations to that subby. That's, that's actually quality. Yeah, that's good work. So we did have eyes on the ground at that Titans-Sharks game. Before we do... Oh, yeah. Feedback was the first single from Discipline, the 10th <laughs> studio album by Janet Jackson, released on February 22nd, 2008. She worked with producers the likes of Neo, Stargate, Jermaine Dupree, and Tricky Stewart. Tricky Stewart? Tricky Stewart. I dare you, I kid you not, but Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis were not involved in the project. There, that's my Janet fact for the week. Wow. So who has our eyes at the ground? Courtney Shapter. Oh, good day, Courtney. Friend of Fre- the show. Yes, frequent contributor on the Facebook page. Don't forget the Twitter at FireUpNRL and the Instagram at FireUpRugbyLeague. Yes. Important, important distinction. And please encourage people, share this link to this show. We need subscribers. We need listeners. To continue this joy, we need more of you. Yes. So, at the we had a chant at the game, which is Fire Up, Titans, Fire Up, which I assume is in the eight, eight beat yep. cadence. Need more. Need to get away from the four. Let's yep. start getting some five and seven chants. Fire Up, Titans, Fire Up. Is that how it goes? Yep. Mm. It's a bit clumsy, isn't it? Oh, it's no Barack it's Obama. Yeah. yeah. We also have some in-depth analysis from Courtney. Yes. So we had a 37-a-side touch game with the kiddies behind the fence. Yes. Well, that's, uh, the, that's the Volandis dream. I mean, he's got rollerball on one side. The, he's eliminated referees on the other. And he's got 37-a-side touch football, more registration fees, more territory, dare I say, on the jerseys to put sponsors and kitties involved. Well, it was actually beautiful because you could see where the like the ground was there. It's an oval, and so there's plenty of dead ball space, like at Henson. Yeah. So they had the advertising hoardings about five meters back from the oh, dead ball line. Yeah. So between the advertising hoardings yeah. and the fence, yeah. people just have to stand and congregate. Yeah. And so that's where it was. It was awesome. Watch and in that game of touch football that Courtney's talking about. There was a child in a Raiders jersey, an old Raiders jersey, a 1980s Raiders jersey, and it warmed the cockles of my heart, which had been so poorly beaten like they were the night before by the Roosters. Courtney also tells us that we're cold chips, but warm beer, so it all it all levels out. <laughs> I'm, I'm and, looking at your notes, and it said very cold, flaccid hot chips. Uh, yeah, and there was also, there was very long queues for the cold chips and warm beer. Can you imagine going and complaining to the concession stand? I want to complain about the chips. They go, don't tell me you don't think they're hot. They go, no, they're flaccid. What that do you hurts. do about that? That hurts. Yeah. I had a first date. I, a I had a first date once and I needed- um, Really? Well, okay. is, that just, is, that, is that a complete sentence? I had a first date yeah, that's once. <laughs> End <laughs> of show. Um, and it was in a, a warm, like small bar and I was on um, flu mm. flu medication. So, it was a bit, I was a bit cloudy upstairs. Was that Was that- <laughs> medicinally or recreation <laughs> recreationally you thought I'm not really I'm a bit difficult with the small turk early on so I get a bit of codrill into me let him finish and, uh, away we go let him finish this is going somewhere I like <laughs> it was very it was very warm small bar uh-huh. and what I wanted to say is it's a bit tepid in here and this was like sentence three or four but I said it's a bit flaccid in here <laughs> And she goes, and it's not going to change. And then she goes, yeah, I'll get my coat. I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> what other feedback you got, Pat? 
So Juice Stevens pointed out the Lara Pitt, uh, James Hooper um, relationship, mm-hmm. which is a very unpleasant one. We also said at the end of last week, put out on the socials about the naming etiquette. Who gets first, who gets last, who gets the initials. This has been a passion of dog stars and we've been promising some analysis of this for some time. So here it is. Go. So who's the JT? Would be the... the It's Thurston. Thurston? You have to say Thurston is the JT. The head of Taumalolo, Tarmal, Taylor, the other one. Jack Troy, who's in the news recently. Newtown scored... Seven, six tries in a game. Oh, yes, in 1950 or yes. thereabouts. Yeah. Apparently. Mm. JT. Nick Ferris says it's Jake Turpin. Is a JT. Mm-hmm. That's oh, well, this tough. Is, okay, this is, I see you. Okay, so we're really saying who can get identified as a last name only? Yeah. Or a first name only? Yeah. Or initials? Yes. Okay, Google we- JT Rugby League comes up straight with Jonathan Thirsty. Nothing else. No Jason Taylor? Jonathan Thurston, Jonathan Thurston. Jonathan Thurston is JT. And so we're searching as well for the eventually play just going to be one letter. Well... You know, we have lots of, of hyphenated hyphenated yeah. names. We had some suggestion from that. Yeah. Stuart Marler said, Cameron Smith being known by one letter, I've been calling him a C for years. <laughs> the C. A C. Ronson yeah. Blake says the dragons are all Zs. So I'm not sure if that's the cadence of... Um, Sleeping oh. is that the snoring? Oh, Anthony Griffin, fellas, we've got to. Unless that's a really enjoy, obscure uh, anime reference to Dragon Ball Z for all you <laughs> anime fans out there. I don't know. Can Well, did the dragon have a wind? We had some some a bit of some hyphen feedback. Mm-hmm. So talking about Kerry Packer's daughter Gretel was apparently going to ma- marry a fellow called Dean. How do we know? The artist Dean Quince. Dean Quince. And so, if they go along the hyphen, that would be Quince Packer. So, I don't understand. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. Let's yes. just leave that one yeah, there. I think we'll leave it in exactly that order. <laughs> um, there was some Torah Bright uh, Misty misty talk. Um, yeah, over my head. So, Torah Bright is a well-known snowboarder. Misty Hyman, a terrific uh, butterfly swimmer from memory. <laughs> Any talk of them getting married? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> then we'll just leave it. Uh, Dogstar himself said that Nico Hines is the yardstick. He's never once re- heard, re- heard him referred to as Nico. Now, he, I think he sent that before last uh, Thursday's performance against the Broncos. I mean, he's on a trajectory not only to get more coin into his contract, but to become just Nico, I think. Uh, he says, he's never been re- referred to as Nico or Hines. My only reference point is the Velvet Underground and Nico. Are you guys, Nico. Yeah, you're across yeah. Nico. The yeah. German Schontusen model who was a muse for Andy Warhol. And so the very first Velvet Underground album, and Pat, you'd know this quote, Brian Eno said, only 300 people bought that record and every one of them started a band. The first album with John Cale and, um, let me get this right, Mo Tucker. Yes, Mo Tucker, yeah. And obviously Lou Reed and, oh gosh, Sterling... Sterling um, Hinchcliffe uh, was Mortlock the, no yeah uh, <laughs> uh, it'll come to Pat as he searches it for us they were the four members of Velvet Underground and Andy wasn't sufficiently comfortable with the band and so he tethered them to Nico who was impossibly glamorous particularly if you see the movie Chelsea Girls and so she does a few doom laden vocals in amongst the Waiting for the Man by Lou Reed you know ah, I'm waiting for yep. the man and then you go all tomorrow's parties and that was Nico <laughs> So, slightly different spelling, but, you know, maybe, you know, 
he could end up, you know, uh, Mel Torme was the Velvet Fog. Nico Hines could be the Velvet Step. He does well, have the, an arty streak to him. Very much so. And, and he, he must... The, the Ledger stuff. With the, yeah, with the Ledger and Ledger's sort of... Um, he, you know, in, in his artistic world, isn't, a, isn't adverse to, to heroin. Velvet Underground. Like, if there's a face of heroin, it's Heath Ledger. If there's a sound of heroin, it's the Velvet Underground. Now, hang on. <laughs> you, 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 Heath Ledger... <laughs> Prescription, ph- not unlike you and that no, day. No, I'm talking about the he, uh, prescription pharmaceuticals. I think with Heath no, Ledger. the movie Candy. Oh, a Candy. Yeah, oh, the actual, yeah. the, the the fictional character. Yes. yes yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was yeah, okay. Okay, well, I got no problem there. But no, Paul, we lost Heath a little bit. As I said, if you got oh a, no, I didn't mean. I just told me you got the, a little bit long on that date. You could have been another one of those statistics. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Another Nico, quadruple. Nico, Nico's, he's he's a very attractive young man. Just imagine how much those eyes we bought out with a green jersey. Just imagine it'll never happen. That's what I'm Anything thinking. else, Pat? That's all for me. I have an apology. I have to issue an apology to Lynn Gannon, who's a regular listener. I called her Lynn Gorman last week. And, oh, no. And I'd heard her on the Fins Up podcast, and so I apologized profusely. Just getting which, your Cronulla wires crossed. It, it, she was very gracious to success, and I, said, I just said, like, I just got Lyle Gorman on my mind all the time. <laughs> and Lynn raised the question, whatever happened to Lyle Gorman? Married Julia Roberts, didn't he? No, that was... The answer next week. Wow. We'll look forward to that. I was Sterling Morrison. Sterling Morrison. And sadly, Lou and Sterling no longer with us. John Cale and Corson and Mo Tucker still are. Nico, we lost in the late 90s. Uh, she fell off a bike in Ibiza. What a way to go. Well, speaking of Velvet Underground, the, the road from between Dubbo and Mudgee last week, known as the Felt Highway or the Velvet Highway. The Kyle Felt Highway? Not the Kyle Felt Highway, just the Felt Highway or the Velvet Highway due to the uh, the mouse plague that when you're going past waterways or housing, there is just, it is covered in squished, I didn't see a single mouse alive, I saw literally millions, I'm prepared to say millions on they're not, the road. They're not good eating mice, are they? No, no, they're not. And there's a whole environmental catastrophe there. But let's just leave that because we're fired up enough without talking about mouse plagues. But as I wind up the show, there has to be, it's a tradition, one more thing from Chris. Joe Offenhengawi is an origin player from the West Tigers. How good. (laughs) And he's born in New Zealand. Even better. With that, we're fired up. We'll be back next week. Tune in. We'll see you then. Jared Hayes not in this game. This no. is Raiders Warriors. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I'm trying to get into it. Okay, it's so important with regards to. You're right. I got the wrong. Yes. wrong game.